are listening to True Crime Fiction, feeding your addiction to the best of the written and the spoken word in crime. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as £1 at patreon.com slash truecrimefiction. It is the drama that absolutely no one was asking for the one about Jimmy Savile and his crimes. For anyone who does not know, Jimmy Savile was a DJ and entertainer for decades, presenting hit TV shows like Top of the Pops and Jim Will Fix It. Throughout his career, there had always been rumours swirling about his sexual predilections, enough that even in the highlands of Scotland, I heard them. The rumours did not stop his career, though and he undertook a hefty stint of highly publicised charity work as he became more and more well-connected and even received a knighthood. He was also given unprecedented access to hospitals, including Broadmoor, a state hospital where some of the most violent or dangerous offenders are treated. It was after his death, though, that evidence started to come to light. There were literally hundreds of people who over the years had met Savile and who had been sexually assaulted or raped by him. Many of them were children, some of them young. His offending knew no bounds. It happened at the BBC, at hospitals, while he was recording radio programmes. The sheer scale of the depravity, the manipulation of a whole nation was astounding and still is. The reckoning at the beginning of every episode tells you that the drama is there to examine how he was able to hide in plain sight, using his position to commit countless serious sexual offences, many against minors, and how the voices of so many were ignored and silenced. The device feels a little clunky to me. I've always considered that one should never have to tell the audience what to think about one's work. It feels a little patriarchal, a touch authoritarian. It's possibly far better to lead the audience to a conclusion, but not force one upon them. It does not, for me, however, feel as though the drama is offering its audience much new in the way of understanding Savile. His behaviour was picked over in multiple inquiries by different institutions he was involved in, as well as the police and the NSPCC, the National Society for the Protection of Children from Cruelty. It found an avalanche of not just abuse, but also cover-up, with several journalistic investigations into Savile when he was alive being shelved. It is unlikely that any other man's adult life has been poured over as Savile's. His childhood, however, remains a complete mystery. So unless you have purposely avoided all mention of the man, and not many would blame you if you tried, it is unlikely that the reckoning is going to give you a new perspective or any extra insight. Steve Coogan, who is reported to have spent a long time considering if he should play the role, is eerily like Savile. He is able to portray Savile's clownish exterior while also giving us glimpses of his steely, utterly self-absorbed centre. And at times, for a short, sharp burst, is able to show us something really terrifying.
Hugen is not the only great turn in The Reckoning. It's full of great performances. The problem that I, and maybe others have too, is that it does not really do what it sets out to do. And this is explore how Savile was able to hide in plain sight. Instead, the reckoning tends to follow the great man theory of history as espoused by Scottish writer, historian and philosopher Thomas Carlyle. The great man theory posits that the history of the world is shaped by great men or heroes, individuals who are so special and have such great natural intelligence, gifts and attributes that history is essentially something that happens in their wake because of them, while the rest of us are just caught up in its aftermath. It's a hop, skip and a jump to eugenics and the idea that some people are just born better than others. In many instances, normal morality or ethics appears to be something the great man does not be, need to be concerned with, meaning that the great within this context means less really, really good and more big. In The Reckoning, Jimmy Savile is essentially the great man. He is focused on the centre, the beating heart of the drama. Every scene involves Savile. Even when he's not physically in one, he's being talked about. He's everywhere. And it leaves a cloying sense of disgust to watch him commit crimes and then see him carry on with impunity. Even the last episode that shows Savile's increasing sense of panic as his influence becomes less powerful as he ages, but also as society around him changes, still have Savile front and centre. There are attempts to include the victims. We see shots of some of them. Some of them speak about what happened. It is moving. However, it is not enough to balance out what is essentially a Jimmy Savile biography without the standard tragic inciting incident in early life. If we compare the reckoning to She Said, the 2022 film about the uncovering of the abuse of Harvey Weinstein, we can see in She Said a different way to approach dramas about abuse. Weinstein and Savile are similar figures. Both appeared larger than life. Both had money, had fame, had power and influence. Both had powerful connections and the ability to quash stories before they could get to public attention. Both of them also used rape culture and the pervasive disbelief of women as a way to operate in semi-secret for years. And she said, New York Times reporters Jodie Cantor and Megan Twohey follow a tip about Harvey Weinstein, which leads them to other women, many of them afraid to speak out, who have similar stories of assault, rape or abuse. They struggle to get past lawyers and non-disclosure agreements, but they do eventually publish an article in 2017, after which 82 other women come forward with accusations against Weinstein. What is different in the way she said handled the Weinstein case is that at no point in the film do you see Weinstein's face. She said centres itself on the two reporters and the victims, their emotional states, their resolve. The only time you see Weinstein is when he comes into the office of the New York Times and you only see the bulk of his back. He was given plenty of opportunities to speak and the filmmakers weren't going to give him yet another.
It feels fitting for a man like Weinstein, who did so much to bully other people into silence, that he is given so little screen time. It was his power and influence that allowed him to abuse so many people. So why allow him more by making him such a big presence on screen as well? It also throws the reckoning into sharp relief. There are multiple angles which the reckoning could have been shown from the police, the victims, the prosecutors, the staff in the NHS and BBC, the journalists whose stories got spiked. There could have been more exploration about the pressures to keep quiet, about what made others brush off complaints. Was it naivety or lack of compassion? And about the general cultural attitude towards sex and therefore sexual abuse. One of the most telling scenes is when Savile's friend Charles Houlihan finally asks his wife Beryl if Savile ever tried anything with her, and she tells him he did. The scene ends with Beryl comforting Charles, a man who had backed the perpetrator repeatedly rather than the other way around. It's a small part of the whole thing, but in itself speaks so much to women's experience of trying to tell the men in their lives about sexual assault which the vast majority of us have experienced, and what it is like to exist in the world as a woman. It is a standout scene, and had it been replicated more, we could have possibly got a rounder view of the scandal, not just the same information about the man at its centre. It has to be obvious that the great man theory is one of the things Savile and those who swept accusations and rumours about him under the carpet used to hide behind the idea that he was so special he didn't have to play by others' rules. That and Schrodinger's douchebag where a person waits to see the reaction of the people around him before deciding if what they said was a joke or not. So it is a shame that in making this drama, we couldn't decide to put the great man theory to rest and make sure that Savile and the ideas that protected Savile when he was alive are not used to mythologise Savile now. He is dead. You have been listening to True Crime Fiction, the podcast that is feeding your addiction to all things crime. You can find our website at true-crime-fiction.com, on Twitter at true underscore crime underscore fic, on Facebook and Instagram as True Crime Fiction. Please rate and review on the podcast app of your choice. Music is by Kitty Kitty Meow Meow.